you've got wedges, you've got putting, you've got decision making, you got shot selection, you got the ability to adjust off of different lies, you've got there's there's so much more than just swinging the golf club. There's no rules. Shoot a lower score. There's one rule. Welcome back to the back porch of Franklin Bridge, where it has been a day. It has been a day. Uh, sun is going down here. It's our second podcast. Well, first, you know, first day yep. out on the back porch of Franklin Bridge, which is huge. Yep. Feels and, good to be uh, back out here. We had Alex here with us for a quick episode. Um, man, y'all, she's got some great stuff. Her and her team there are phenomenal. They don't touch the golf swing, which I absolutely love. Got to. Um, and we talk behind the scenes like that's really our job like you go to see her i get to know what more what's going on in your body i kind of talk to her a little bit about like descriptively in the swing we kind of stand next to like she kind of puts her hands on like my shoulder or wherever that i'm like they're struggling to get here here's what i think that is so we can kind of talk behind the scenes so um so yeah i mean it's it's really good um to be able to spend some time behind the scenes working on these things where you don't see that in the face. So I think one thing like how I would describe it was when we had the podcast about getting properly fit for clubs, Mm. having Gareth there and having his knowledge of the golf club and then having your knowledge of the golf swing, really dialing in the exact fit for what I needed and what I wanted. And I feel like you can argue that, Alex does the same thing where I think it's a perfect example. She gets the body. She, she develops the body and then you develop the swing around that body. And as the body develops, you get a more and more, um, I would say exact fit to your swing. Yeah. I feel like the more and more you get in shape, the more and more your swing can improve. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, which no, is absolutely our topic tonight, which is swing your swing. Where we've done this before, we talked about how, uh, and I was thinking about this too as well, is that um, we were out on the range here probably an hour ago with a student of yours who has a a swing that's kind of like a mixture of John Rahm and DJ. Yep. And I just, I think this gone are the days where you have to build this super picturesque PGA tour swing. Like I think it's cool when I watch the tour and get to see some super unique swings. I mean, think about the difference between like Rombo and uh, JT. JT's is very clinical, very traditional. And And Rom's is just like the most out there swing that you'll ever see on tour. And then you have guys like Adam Scott and Justin Rose that are very classic, very technically sound golf swings. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood's kind of in that category too. Uh, He just kind of hits knockdowns everywhere. Speed's a little different. Speed's gotten a little weird recently. You know, it's funny. I was talking with some people behind the scenes. I was like, I wouldn't go that route. And I, you know, I don't know that's the best thing for him, but the proof's in the pudding, right? So like, it's at least for one tournament. Just showed one, itself. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so it's funny, you know, our whole philosophy here is there's one rule, shoot a lower score. And um, it's it's doing what it's supposed to do. So, it's, you know, kind of had to check myself a little bit. Like, and I was working on Elijah the other day. Um, and, like, his backswing, people would make the same argument. Like, what's Elijah doing that with his backswing for? Like, that looks wrong. Just like oh, we were looks, talking about speed yeah. the same, in the same fashion. It's like yeah, but I know more about his golf swing than that. And so it's just funny to me to like watch golf instructors. And I kind of got in the trap in a discussion with somebody the other day about Spieth's little thing at the top of his backswing. And it's like, 
I wouldn't do that. But then again, I haven't stood in front of him and seen his golf swing. Like I'm such a feel teacher too. Like I need to hear kind of how the students talking to be able to effectively give them what their natural movement is or what we need to change. And it would be, so I'm not there, so I can't speak to it. I just true, can't. True. And it's, it's a fool's uh, journey to try to do that. It would be so cool to see him win a career grand slam this year. All he, all he needs is the PGA. I think you're right. He's got a U.S. Open. He's got a Masters. Masters. He's got, got the a British Open. Open. Yeah. So he needs a PGA championship. He needs a PGA this year. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's there's just a there's just a misunderstanding about like what the swing has to be. And I've watched other instructors, and I'm just as tempted as they are at times to like, oh, the reason why I think Spieth is doing this. The only two people that know why Spieth is doing that is Spieth and his instructor. <laughs> That's it. Nobody else gets a vote. Maybe Greller. Maybe. Maybe. He would probably <laughs> be informed enough to be able to kind of help keep him in check. Right, you right. Know, he's kind of the assistant coach. Um, but, like, nobody understands that except for those two, maybe three people. And it's like, well, the reason why I think Spieth's doing it in his backswing is because of his rotation and his because it's more about his pivot. Like, you don't know that. And it's a fool to try and try and say that. Like, you might have seen that as something that's changed, but, like, I can look at that and go, well, you know, uh, that car looks different. Well, it could look different for a number of different reasons. Like, and you know what was the worst is this past Masters, everybody's talking about Tiger this, Tiger that, Tiger. He, he's manipulating his swing because of X, because of Y, because of that bad leg. It's like, I don't know. The guy went out and played pretty well for a guy who was in a car crash 17 months ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, like – but, like, that's uh, what I'm trying to say is that somebody that's in a crazy position, like a life-altering event that they're having to recreate their golf swing. And mm-hmm. Tiger has recreated his swing, you know, five or six times over the years. But um, nobody will ever know why he does things the way they do. And, and same way yeah. with the golf swing, too. And so yeah. I think that's one of the most um, – I think that's one of my pet peeves when I watch tour golf is hearing everybody talk about swings thinking they know – what they don't know. Well, and it's funny, like the swing's only one piece. Like right. you've got wedges, you've got putting, you've got decision making, you got shot selection, you got the ability to adjust off of different lies, you've got there's there's so much more than just swinging the golf club. Like, what do you do when you know you've seen some crazy shots on tour of guys standing in weird spots and pulling off awesome shots? Well, at that point you might as well just go ahead and throw any physics out the window and just be an athlete and figure it out. It, the ball don't care at that point of like where your shoulder is and where this is when the ball's, you know, three feet below you in a bunker from 140 yards from the fairway. Like, what do you do? And it like, do you hit a pitching wedge? Do you hit an eight iron? Can you even hit it? Do you kick it out sideways? Like, and if you do try to hit it, you're, none of your body's going to function the same. So now how good are the other parts of your body? Are your arms and hands more important at that point? Is your ability to stay stable in your low? Like, yes, maybe, probably, some of the above. Like it, we just get so locked in on swing that we completely lose the fact that the game is far more complex than the swing. I would give the swing less than, I'll give it less than 25% of the deal. I'm not going to say that it's, you know, 95% mental, 5% technique. I think that's foolish. You need to have some good physics going on and some good an- anatomy going on. But, like... We just lose the fact there's so much more to this thing. And speaking of that is it's not just about Alex fixing your body. 
So let's assume that Alex does improve uh, since we use the scapular winging thing. Let's just say she does improve the scapular winging. Well, just because that improves and that position looks weird in your golf swing doesn't mean that now that you are able to do it, that do that backswing with the straight arm correct doesn't mean that if I put you there, you'll actually be better. <laughs> like There's a lot more going on than that. Like, okay, great. You fixed that one thing. Well, if I straighten that arm, that then affects a, at least, at least a dozen other things. So now that I've straightened that arm, now what else has to change? Cool. You're better here from Alex. That's awesome. That does help me. Remember we talked about that. Like that does help me improve your capacity, but it doesn't actually change anything. I might straighten your arm and make you worse. We're back to the thing with uh, Hank this afternoon, not to be confused with my instructor, Hank, that I learned from. Uh, one of my students, Hank, is like the phrase that he used um, was uh, felt like he was fighting his own swing. Was that what he said? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so like the fighting his own swing, it's like, oh, well, um, yeah, hello. That's probably wrong. Now, we changed some things. All I've been doing, he's basically been the student. You know, he's basically been the teacher. I've just been the guide. And so we've basically just kind of, we need to drop that off, drop that off, drop that off. Um, you were there for his initial ev evaluation that day. I said, I could tell he was so positioned. You listened to the conversation. Like there's so many swing thoughts that were in there. And we're like, man, this just sounds like impossible to do. Like if you actually try to do all the things he described, <laughs> there's no chance. Like you couldn't do it. Like, and you're an incredible athlete. Like, there's no chance you could do it. Um, and so I gave him that drill where I wanted to have him tee it up like a driver and just hit irons off it. So I just want you to hit it as high as you can. Just as high as you can. Hit high hooks. Hit as high as you can. Hit as high as you can. Hit as high as you can for two weeks. And he did it. He did it faithfully. Just hit ball after ball after ball off a high tee. And so what I was doing was stripping away all of this extra clouded mess uh, the way I would describe it would be if we're using surgery as an example would be scar tissue you know sometimes when a surgeon opens you up like that x-ray doesn't tell us enough right I took video I could have taken 3d motion capture it still wouldn't have told me enough it's like yeah right, we're gonna have to cut you open and we are gonna have to do surgery but there's some things we don't know yet and so by asking him to do that drill was basically pulling behind the scar tissue to figure out what's actually there. What's the real golf swing? What's the natural movement? And he's going to make that movement. You know, you could change the golf swing, but if I stand him up there with 10,000 people around the green on this Island green 18th and ask him to swing, what swings coming out? Even if he's practiced it for five years religiously, if it is not a dominant movement pattern, it's not going to come out. Some weird version in between the two is going to come out. And if he's lucky, it'll work out great. If not, it can go sideways pretty quick. Which begs the question for somebody who's listening who wants to get a lesson or wants to change their swing in, in some way, shape, or form. I think all like when you, when you go to, to see yourself for a lesson, you want to be able to change your game, right? But how long until that becomes a reality to where you feel like, man, I'm playing way different golf than I did last year. Cause talking about that scar tissue, talking about, um, falling back on your most dominant habit. How long does it take to transform somebody to a point where they're playing better golf? Um, 
If you do the correct movement, you can do it immediately. If you pick the right thing as an instructor, you can make immediate improvement in ball flight. And you should. People are like, well, it's a short-term fix. I was like, wait, what does that mean? Short-term versus long-term. We got to get worse for you to get better. I was like, who says? In what world? Like, it, that's like telling somebody who's in debt saying, you got to get more in debt before you get out of debt. Uh, No. Like, get out of debt. Sell stuff. Like, it's one of the things I love about Rebecca and I went through the Dave Ramsey stuff, and I use that as an example is to get out of debt, right? So we were in debt. We had to get out. We were trapped. And it's like, we, we got to get to $1,000 on our savings account. Initially, we're like, I don't know how we're going to do that. One of Ramsey's things is sell your stuff and go rice and beans for however long it takes to do that. We went rice and beans for food for two or three months. And we sold a bunch of stuff. Dude, we had $1,000 in the bank account in less than two weeks. In a savings account. Not going to touch it. Like, if you're doing the right things, you can get better immediately. Right. No, you can get better immediately, but how long until when you're falling back on your most dominant habit? 18 months. Yeah. 18 months. Yeah. It takes a year and a half to change a habit. Now, uh, youth, juniors, because their rate of learning is far higher than adults, their brains are just in a different state, Uh, they can get it done in... Half of that, roughly. I'm giving you a ballpark. Depends on exactly where they're at in their development. If they're in the middle of a growth spurt, it's all 18 months because their their body's just transforming so fast. Like literally every day that they go out, their eyes are different. Their arms are different. They're growing at different speeds. Like their feel and sensation of things is entirely different. If you've got a kid that's a teenager going through a growth spurt, they're hitting their head on stuff. They're banging their hands on things. They're... They're, like, they don't have to be tall. Like, I got really tall and hit my head on, like, you know, chandeliers hanging in people's houses. Like, you don't have to be tall for you to, man, why do I keep hitting my elbow on stuff? Because it's not in the same place that it was, you know? Like, so it's it's understanding of, like, there is a way that your body wants to move that's natural to that movement. Um, I'm actually currently, I hate saying I'm working on another book. It might become another book. But it's mainly for training our future teachers here of how to look at a golf swing and figure out what the dominant golf swing pattern is and needs to be. And uh, so I've got a process that I've developed there. It's more complex than that, but it's essentially like if I change this one thing, there should be immediate improvement in ball flight. And then the next step should be to take them on the golf course and see if they can per- and teach them how to perform that one skill in multiple locations. Now, if there's what we call spontaneous regression, where it almost immediately goes back to the original swing, you're on the wrong thing. You might be trying to get to the right outcome, but you're on the wrong piece to get it there. And so <clears throat> I should be able to give you something to work on. Remember what we did with Kyle? Is your buddy Kyle? Yeah. Right? He was able to take it to the golf course immediately. Yeah. And it sustained. Now, the question is, can was he aware enough to maintain that and continue it over time? And there's probably a little bit of yes and a little bit of no. So he needs to be monitored a little bit to make sure he's doing the movement correctly. But if I think you that's, are, where, that's where people also get in trouble as well, is they think they can come and see you and have it transformed to the golf course. And they're like, oh, that's awesome. And then they don't consciously practice it or think about it. And then the next time they go out, right. whether that be tomorrow or two weeks from now, like mm-hmm. they just they lose it completely. Yeah. 
I remember, I remember uh, somebody called Hank one time uh, when we were back in, not to be confused with the other Hank, my Hank Johnson, the guy I learned to teach from. We were, uh, he calls him and says, Mr. Johnson, it was like, it was working great in the lesson. It worked great the next day. It wasn't quite as good the third day. And like, it's totally gone. It's only like, I've, I've practiced every day and it's been a week and I like, it's, it's gone forever. He's like, it just stopped working. And Hank <laughs> looked him, it was over the phone. He said, it didn't stop working. You stopped doing it. Like, period. Like, you stopped doing it. But I'm trying. I was like, it doesn't matter if you're trying. Are you changing it? And that was one of the things that I'm trying to get people, get across to people. And it's the old, you know, Star Wars, like, you know, you know, there is no try. Like, yeah, that's right. Like, you either did it or you didn't do it. Well, I feel like I am. Well, you're not. That's where video is really helpful in some of these 3D motion captures. People are like, I felt like I did it that time. Would you like to see it? Really? It looks like that? Yeah, it does look like that. Like, put it exactly where I asked you to put it. I was struggling with a guy today. He kept trying to want to put words to the thing. I was like, stop it. I'm just putting you right here and right here. Repeat. He would do great for two swings and then fall away. And I was like, did it feel exactly like the rehearsals? He's like, well, no. I said, well, look, what are you doing? He's like, well, what do I need to think about? Like, you don't need to think about anything. Feel that movement. It's not that hard. But like we've been, people have been trained in the golf business and in golf in general to think their swing. I, so I haven't told you this one yet. I really believe that like it would be perfect if the student and the instructor had to wear noise-canceling headphones and give a golf lesson. You have no words. You're not allowed to give any words whatsoever. It's basically caveman teaching. You know, like that's how instruction should happen because you can't get lost in language. You know, if I ask you, if I told you, so see if we can try and translate these. So I'm just going to throw out some generic golf terminology that people use. And I want you to try and give it in your language and what I think they mean. So um, covering the ball. I'm trying to cover it. Yeah, I, I would probably think just like coming over the top of the ball and with what? Shutting the club face down. Okay. Uh so covering the ball is typically a position in which the chest is back this way. And so people are trying to get their chest more over the ball. Now the question I would ask is with which shoulder and when and at what point and what time in the golf swing. Yeah, see nobody right. knows. Yeah. Right. You can't you can't translate that. So let's go um Let's do an, another one over the top. Where you kind of start out very vertical with the, with the club and then come where the club face comes <laughs> try not over. to say over the top. I know, where <laughs> yeah. the club face comes over the grip and down towards the ball. And is headed which direction through impact? Probably right, right to left. Yeah, so across the ball. Yeah. So then the question would be over the top with what? What do you mean over with what? Right. People are yeah. like, well, I came over the top. I was like, well, what did you come over the top with? They're like, what do you mean? <laughs> I was like, well, what do you mean? You're the one who told me you're coming over the top. Right. Um, uh, let's see. I'm lifting up. You've heard that one a lot. I lifted up on that one. Yeah, where you add impact, you kind of stiffen up and straighten up and stand, almost stand up into the ball. With what? Into impact. We're, ba we're back to the with what, right? 
you end up standing up with your knees and thinning the golf ball. Right. So then the question is, the lifting up, what they're describing is, I topped it. That is something factual. Yeah. That's a top. Right. At the top of the ball, it doesn't get in the air. It goes straight into the ground. So, like, this is where everybody gets lost. If we're trying to translate this, like, hey, you need to come more under, underneath. What does that mean? What is it? More into out. What it, what is what does in to out mean? Some people think that they can get away like the the way their brain works, it operates on information in, process, and hopefully an outcome out, right? That's that's great if you're learning how to open and close in a pro shop. Correct, correct, exactly. Or follow us a, a rule or do some math or something like that. Right. But people are trying to gather more information to hopefully process better and have a better outcome. When in reality, that's not how teaching a golf swing works that's not how teaching any movement in sport works any motor movement for sure learning how to read a defense and learning how to move your eyes like things like that that you can give more more of this like word for word like people get into trouble when they think that they can gain information and then output it into a different result yeah so (laughs) this is funny uh so Right. And they're like, well, what, okay, well, what, what tricks do I need? I was like, there's not a trick. The trick is you need to feel. So here's what I did with this guy today. I said, close your eyes and hit a golf ball. He flushed it. He did it perfect. Literally the best swing he made the entire 45 minutes was the best swing was with his eyes closed because what was he forced to do? He's forced to feel, feel. He couldn't think there was nothing to look at. There was nothing. He couldn't, the ball didn't influence him trying to hit the ball. And at the end of the day, everybody's trying to hit the ball. That's not your job. They're not, your job's not to hit down either. Do you know that the ball does not, or that the club does not cause the divot? We've talked about this a little bit. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, but like the, the club does not cause the divot. The ball causes the divot. All you have to do with the club is just brush the ground. So many people that don't brush the ground. They don't brush the ground with a wedge. They don't brush the ground with a fairway wood. They don't brush the ground with an iron. They're trying to, I'm trying to swing down doing, doing that, swinging down into the ground. The club is coming from a higher position to a lower position because it's up here, right? It's swinging down, but when it collides with the ball, it literally gets deflected down into the ball. The ball has enough mass to actually, you can see it on these curved charts. Like the ball is literally, it's this nice smooth arc as it should. And then immediate contact with the ball, and there's a jagged line almost straight down, and then the arc continues. Because every opposite, every action has an equal and opposite right? reaction. Even though that ball only weighs an ounce and a half, and the club has an effective it's an weight of, of over energy, 100 pounds. Whatever it is, yeah. yeah. It causes the club to come into the ground. Right, but a proper golf swing just thins and brushes the ground. Which is another reason why when you see people taking practice swings... And they intentionally take divots and no. like large divots. It's not that, that people think that's how I make a divot. The next time you watch the PGA Tour or go to a PGA Tour event or an LPGA Tour event, watch the practice swings. They will not take a divot. In some cases, they won't even touch the ground. Like they literally barely touch the ground at all because that's not the golf swing. The golf swing is not. Hit down, hit down, hit down, hit down. It's brush the ground 
and let the club deflect the ball into the ground. So let the ball deflect the club into the ground. Sorry, I said that backwards. Um, so it's, we get in lost in this like lingo and language and it's all about feels and it's where these terms come from. Um, cover the ball comes from high level players trying to describe a, a feel. feel. Yeah. You can't describe a feel. It's complex. It's not like, as soon as I give it a sentence, then it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's lost. Which I think a great way to wrap up this podcast would be because your feel dictates how you hit the ball and how mm -hmm. you process information mm -hmm. through your extremities means that your swing is going to be you can't teach somebody the exact same swing that somebody else has no you can't it's you impossible have to, you have to swing your swing which i think is a great way to end this podcast being that your feel is going to be different than somebody else's right. and because of that your swing is going to be different yeah. than somebody else's I, I haven't been able yet to articulate to people and i'm working on that of like how i know that that's the movement you need to make i, I can't why is that your dominant pattern um, and if your swing's so bad, then we have to go with physics and we do have to give you more fundamental principles, but not everybody needs to be fundamentally sound from a normal perspective, but totally. yeah, it's how do you swing your swing? You come and see me and I'll show you. Um, we've got some other fun events planned this year. So, uh, download the Franklin bridge performance app. If you haven't already, that'll keep you up to date every week. We're going to send some stuff out. If you're a river club member, um, you'll see monthly emails going out about some of these special events. Um, but I'm actually going to bring out, um, it's going to be in June is the current plan. Bring Austin and Elijah, both my tour players. And then at least four of my college players, possibly a fifth, uh, will come down and we'll do a big presentation on the back in the back or maybe on the new tee. That would kind of be cool on the new practice tee. Um, where we do a presentation with them and I'll show you none of their golf swings look the same. I got some that are laid off. I got some that are across the line. I got some that make big, long, full back swings. I got some that make short back swings. I got some that have this big extension out of the legs and jump up. I have some that rotate hard around. So I have some that low arm plane, some high. And we'll talk about and look at how that works. And my goal is to pull two or three people out of the audience that have never taken a golf lesson before and showcase that. So Love it, love it. Um, I wish I could describe it better than that. You're probably going, oh, what, what do I do? Well, come see me. Uh, I'd be happy to show you. Free 15-minute eval. If you just want to come, like, free 15-minute eval would be great. Love it, love it. Well, we're going to wrap it up here from the back porch of Franklin Bridge. Swing your swing and don't try and overcomplicate it. Golf is really, it's a complex game, but it can be simple. So um, if you have any questions, obviously come out and see Scott. His Instagram is at Golf. two S's, two E's. Uh, come out and see him and just take a little bit of a glimpse into how he teaches and how he can really get you to feel your golf swing. Too many professionals out there are trying to describe the same way we were trying to do with, um, with that little word game that we played, and it just doesn't work. And if you're not getting better because you're seeing somebody who does that, you might have the answer right there. So come on out and see Scott. Come on out to Franklin Bridge on Wednesday nights and come listen to the podcast. We're doing them every other Wednesday. Um, so make sure that you come out, get some good food, get a good drink, and sit down and just get some of this dialogue, this dialogue lesson here. So uh, from Scott and Jack on the back porch of Franklin Bridge, we'll see you on the next one. Peace. Peace.